as a single woman, I was good at things single women do. <laughs> but like as a married woman, there are all these expectations that I had for myself about mm-hmm. what married people do. And I was just so bad at them. And, and for example, <laughs> in my mind, a wife is a good cook. Mm. I burned, undercooked, overcooked, overseasoned. Like it was like everything I made, no matter how simple or complex, like my kitchen was where food went to die. Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guest and I share our vulnerable behind the scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I am your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity. Hello and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. I am your host, Bianchi Hughes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are new here, I'm so thankful to have you. And if you are a regular, welcome back. You are always appreciated. So it is episode 66 of the podcast and I have a guest on the podcast today. You know, I'm always saying how amazing my guests are because I just think people are amazing. Like we have so many amazing things about us, so many amazing stories and our lives. And so I just think everybody's amazing. Um, And so I really want us to get into this conversation and listen to what my guest has to share today. My guest today is Patricia Belfort. She is a marriage vlogger on a mission to help new wives embrace the journey towards marital bliss and empower women to live authentically. Patricia's mission is to educate, support, and empower women who are newly married or on a path towards marriage. Adjusting to a new marriage can be difficult, especially for young women who do not have many married friends or do not have a support system of happily married women. For many people, their only glimpse into marriages of others is through the filter of social media where everything is curated to perfection. This is why Patricia shares honest stories from her own marriage, but also produces videos that teaches skills needed in a marriage like lessons in effective communication, respectful disagreements, and money management. Above all, her driving force is to encourage a shift towards authenticity in herself and in others as she believes authenticity saves lives. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. Hello, Patricia, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Um, I'm excited to get into this conversation. Um, you know, as I was talking to you earlier, I kind of watched your video and I was like, oh my gosh, she is like (laughs) just telling all the truth. (laughs) But before we get to that, let's go into the, um, first question, favorite question. What does authenticity mean to you? To me, authenticity means being honest with yourself and the world about who you are now and also giving yourself the space to evolve continuously. 
Oh, I like that space to evolve part. Like, <laughs> yes, because I think sometimes people try um, in the name of authenticity. They want to stay true to who they are, but they they try to not, you know, change. And as they're seeing that their ideas are changing, their habits are changing, they feel almost as if that's not authentic to pursue those things, and they have to stay the same in order to be authentic. So I think true authenticity is just being open to yourself in all your forms as you're going through this life. I, <laughs> I never get tired of this question because someone always has some different angle or some different aspect, but I love that. It's like giving yourself permission to evolve whilst you're being authentic. It kind of exactly that. Mm. Okay, you're onto something. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> so have you always been authentic? No. <laughs> okay, tell me about that. Um, so I am definitely a perfectionist. Um, I can't remember ever not being a perfectionist. Um, so for me, what that looks like is um, I just always want people to think that I know what I'm doing, I'm in control, like, and I, and this goes back to, like, even me as, like, a five-year-old, so, um, for me, the scariest thing is to look like I don't know what I'm doing or to embarrass myself, so my whole life is all about portraying that image, like, I am in control, like, I got it. (laughs) Hmm, so, when did the mask start to come off? Um, you know, I think life ripped it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think around, I think in high school for me is when the life kind of just ripped that off, the mask off of me. But I had, um, I had gotten accepted into my dream school and I had only applied to the one because it's the only place I wanted to go. And I got accepted and I wasn't able to go because um, a parent withheld their financial um, papers. So I couldn't apply for the scholarship. Wow. And so I didn't go to my dream university. And I had planned my entire life for that moment, for getting into the school. Um, and so that, I think that was the first time where I just realized that sometimes you can work for something and you earn it and you deserve it. And sometimes life just says no. And yeah, and that was hard. That's devastating. It was, um, it is. (laughs) I'm so teary-eyed about it. Yeah, I kind of felt that for you. It's like, um, because you had no control, like you said, you did Mm -hmm. everything you could, but the part on the other person was like, that's out of your control. Right. And I think that's when I realized that I can keep wearing this mask, um, but sometimes it doesn't serve me because people have no idea how to how to help people have no idea how to hold space for me because they don't even realize I need that because my mask is telling them it's all under control. 
isn't that like it's like a I can't think of the word but I can just relate <laughs> I can't think of the <laughs> word but it's like um I feel like when I now I tell people all the time but still I don't I probably still do hold back just be honest but it's almost as like you you say something and you muster up all this courage and it's like oh no you'll be okay and you're like no okay (laughs) what do you because you've always managed to figure it out or something like that but in the moment you're like uh i'm not okay so i can i can relate to that so so you didn't get into your um the university you realize that it doesn't matter how hard you work life still happens did that start to change your thinking and your mindset or did a couple of stuff have to happen yeah yeah a couple of things um happened i um i tried to i went to a two-year um honors college with Mm -hmm. the idea that after those two years i would reapply and maybe things would change um i did great and things did not change (laughs) the papers i still needed them they were still unavailable to me um but at that um, college that I ended up going to, um, there was a professor who wasn't even my own professor, but I had heard about him and he was kind enough to let me sit in on one of his classes. And I, I went to, a, you know, one of these random classes of his and um, the class I attended, he happened to be doing um, like an experiment on masks and authenticity. And um, What he wanted us to do was sit with ourselves quietly um, for a set amount of time and figure out in what way were we being inauthentic and how are we presenting ourselves to the world and why. And then after we figured that out, we were to go around the room and look every person in the eye and say, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. This is what I want you to think I am. This is the truth about myself. And that was huge. (laughs) That was huge. Yes, just go around to to the strangers, essentially, um, and out yourself. Wow. And something about saying it out loud, you know, like I want everyone to think that I am in control and that I'm always, you know, Mm -hmm. one step ahead. And the reality is that I'm not. I'm just trying to figure it out day by day. I'm doing my best and I don't always get it done. Wow. And like you said, it's constantly evolving and figuring it out and realizing every situation you get into that you don't, you don't have control. Like um, I remember having like a, a moment with my therapist and I was like, wait, so you got to tell me I still got to deal with this perfectionism. I thought like it was done. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she was like, um, yeah, I think you're just trying to get rid of it. And I'm like, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a um, very rude awakening and I was a bit upset that day, but it's okay. So as we're talking about evolving, I really want to get into this. Like, <sighs> um, when did you get married? I got married about two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Okay. So another area two and a half years ago, 
you got married uh-huh. and you got shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably had all these unrealistic expectations of marriage and you had to figure it out and still figuring it out. Is that what, is that right? That's right. <laughs> still figuring it out. <laughs> what was, okay. What was all the fantasies? <laughs> <laughs> all of them? Okay. No, so <laughs> what are some of the top like things you thought married life would be like? In a capsule, it was, I have been doing all this work and research, learning about what it takes to make a great marriage. I'm going to rock at this. I am going to go in there and my husband and I, because we're friends, we're just going to relate to each other so well. We're going to enjoy each other's company all the time. And I'm just going to be a killer wife. It's going to be great. Sounds (laughs) sounds very perfect. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, what was the reality? The reality is that I didn't know what I was doing. And and in some ways I did. The foundation was there. But even though we loved each other, even though we were friends, even though we had a great relationship, the reality is that we had never been married to each other before. And Mm. we just didn't know what that was going to look like. So everything it was like rebuilding my life again because I knew how to relate to him when he was my boyfriend but like I've never lived with him and our finances have never been merged and and I've never been a wife so I had already been a girlfriend so there was no identity crisis while I was dating him but now because society tells me a wife is a certain thing now that I'm a wife, I'm just like, oh, wait, how do I become this thing? Which is so crazy because there's nothing to become. <laughs> the title means nothing is the gag. <laughs> but like in my mind, I had to become this person that was slightly different, slightly better, slightly more perfect than who I was because of this new title, which I now know is ridiculous. Wow. That's a lot. So that's a lot of pressure. And I know there's a whole bunch of people who can relate, but like you said, this pressure from society of this expectation, but it's not real. Um, I've never been married and I'm probably sad. Like I do all these things, but I always tell people, listen, I just need to marry someone who can communicate because we're going to have problems. (laughs) Um, Gosh, wow. What a shocker. So one of the things that came up when you mentioned all these new, new things is that discomfort um, and naked is what kind of came to mind when you're just mm. talking about this new, the reality of marriage is, is, is uncomfortable and you feel very naked, very open, very raw, very vulnerable. Cause like you're saying, you're living with this person, you're exposed to all of these realities Um, And you can't wear that mask anymore. No. And no one goes home. You live together. (laughs) (laughs) So everything that was being solved by us just going home, Mm. like now we have to live, let's sit with it. How was that emotionally? What was, 
what are some of the emotions that you, of course, I'm, I'm sure they don't go away, but when you first realize like, oh, this is not like I dreamed of, how did that feel? Despair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, um, I shared before that I cried every single day for like a month mm. um, when I first got married and it had nothing to do with my husband. He was great. I think it was just me mourning um, like the stability of myself because when I was single, I had already established exactly who I was, how I do things. And I missed that certainty in knowing like who I was, how I behave, like what I'm doing. So I think, and, and also as a single woman, I was good at things single women do. <laughs> But mm-hmm. like as a married woman, there are all these expectations that I had for myself about mm-hmm. what married people do. And I was just so bad at them. And and for example, in my <laughs> mind, a wife is a good cook. Mm. I burned, undercooked, <laughs> overcooked, overseasoned. Like it was like everything I made, no matter how simple or complex, like my kitchen was where food went to die. <laughs> And, and that was so distressing. Oh my gosh. But that's the reality. That's what is put out there as an identity of a wife. And if you yeah. can't fulfill that, that's devastating. Right. And um and so I think I was just um just constantly upset about no longer being in control, no longer knowing what I'm doing, and then having someone watch me not know what I'm doing. Okay, my face is just like, oh yeah, when someone <laughs> sees all of your stuff, you're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know what's funny though? What? He didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's that's what's crazy about when you're not living authentically I think a lot of times you're just so in your head and you think you have to put on this mask because everyone has to see you a certain way and meanwhile no one is watching you on that level to judge you like no one is wrapped up in this story that you're telling yourself wow it's yeah it's all in this the conversations you have in your head right exactly So what I'm hearing, so I'm hearing two things. So the first thing I just want to say that I'm hearing is like almost as if what's probably wrapped up in this, but as a wife, like you said, you're finding your foot in a new sense of identity. You have this new role and things are different. It's like, you're still, and, and I'm kind of wondering about that. And then, so because you're not living alone and you're not single, like single anymore, you cried every day, but for me, it was, when I hear you do that, it's like you were grieving. Um, you know, I always say grief is not about, you know, someone necessarily dying, but a situation dying. And it was, it, it was a transition. And I just wonder how many women have cried secretly and not talked about it or, been made fun of for crying because they got newly married and it's a huge transition and it's all this pressure. Like, does that make sense? It kind of makes me feel like 
be like, yeah, you might just cry a bit when you get married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, but no one ever tells you that because the idea is, well, you just got married. You're supposed to be madly in love and you're so, this is the happiest time of your life and you're supposed to be happy. Mm. And there's a lot of shame as a newlywed to admit that that is not the case for you. Mm. Yeah. It's like, almost, it's like, um, you can't do both. Yeah. I can be happily married and I can also cry. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like just cause I'm crying. It doesn't mean I'm not. Exactly. Wow. So what about this identity piece? Um, finding your identity, um, as a new wife and navigating that and exploring that, like, do you feel like Cause you know, I always make the distinction between the two, like identity versus role, but you use the term identity. So maybe I should, actually, my question should be, what do you, how do you use the term identity? So for me, identity is who I am innately. And then, um, role is what I do, like what, what the different hats I wear. So wife, um, you know, like a friend or daughter, and then your career. So is that the same for you or is it different? So now I understand that those are two different things, mm. but growing up, that was not my understanding. Um, I come from a Caribbean background, um, specifically, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know if this was just my own lived experience or if other people perceive it to be this way as well, but um, the women in my life, like my mother, for example, my aunt's. Um, they were their role. Mm. Like they, I, I didn't see that my mother had a personality um, distinctly her own until I was well into like last year. <laughs> you know, I just did a podcast episode a few weeks back. Well, a few weeks back. And I asked, and then I asked the question, like, how old were you when you realized that your parents were a human? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And it seems like an odd question, but truly my mother was the role. So her identity was cooking and cleaning and taking care of children. And like, so I thought that as a wife, my role was my identity. And now I understand that I'm still the same person. And I can do certain things. I can take on certain roles, but that does not mean mm. that my, my identity has to change at all. Mm. So uh, what happened when you, cause so at the beginning of the marriage, you didn't realize that is no. up. Okay. So how did you navigate that to get to that point? Well, I think I, it, it took months. <laughs> It took months of me kind of just trying to force myself to um, fit into um, this role, this identity-based role, uh, or this role-based identity, rather, <laughs> and um, realizing that it was making me very unhappy, mm -hmm. and it wasn't adding to the happiness of my husband. Like It just wasn't doing anything positive for our relationship um, with each other um, or my relationship with myself. So um, that's when I decided that I'm not going to try to be a perfect wife. I'm just going to be nice. Mm. Like that is, that is the role. That is the identity. I'm just nice. 
and maybe sometimes I cook, sometimes I clean and comfort, but I'm just going to be myself because I can't, I clearly, <laughs> I clearly am not reaching these goals mm. that I set out for myself. And what happened within you and within your marriage when you did that? Do you feel like? It's, it's gotten so much better because instead of me constantly um, being anxious about the things that I'm not doing, I can just relax and feel that I am okay as myself. Like if I wake up and do absolutely nothing, I am still a valued person um, and I still value myself. I mean, we could just end the podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to, but like that just sums it all up. You, um, so now you're helping other women and speaking to other women and sharing your truth, um, what it is to be a newlywed, trying to find our identity and, you know, sharing your experiences. What do you feel like are the common challenges that you're hearing back from women or, or they're asking you about, um, well, I, I don't even know if men are asking you as well who are newlyweds, but what do you feel like is those, those common themes, are those common themes? No, you're right. I mostly um, do get comments from women, but um, the common themes would be, um, hey, I'm really struggling with feeling out of place or, hey, I don't know how to deal with my in-laws or, mm. yeah, or how do I know if I'm a good wife hmm. is I think is, a, is one of those bigger like questions. How does your heart feel when you hear a question like that? How do I know if I'm a good wife? You know, I, I know that every marriage is different because mm-hmm. there's two different people um, in each marriage. Um, so that one's always tricky for me because it's loaded. Um, are you a good wife by society standards? Are you a good wife to your husband? Like, does your husband think you're a good wife? Do you think you're a good wife? Like from whose perspective are we supposed to be looking when we answer that question? And I think it's hard because, um, because you can think that you're a good wife, but does it matter if your husband does not agree? Because it, because that relationship between, you know, husband and wife is supposed to be symbiotic. Like we do things for the good of the relationship and for each other's well-being. So I, I think that being a good wife is about meeting your husband in the middle and doing what you can while still maintaining your own values, but doing what you can to make the relationship positive and safe. Mm. I like the safe part. Safe. Yes. <laughs> I like the safe part. That's like, that speaks volumes. Um, Cause many of us come into relation, come into marriages and truth be told, we haven't always experienced safety. And safety is 
all-encompassing it's not mm-hmm. just physically safe no but mentally emotionally Absolutely. spiritually financially like all of it matters mm. yes I love that so what propelled you to kind of share your truth and and just be open and raw and vulnerable um with the world you know um after several months of being married I just realized that I wish I could have spoken to someone about what I was going through, but I was the first of all my cousins to get married. I was the first of all my friends to get married. There was no one that I knew who was married and like under the age of like 30 or 40. Okay. So for, so I think that all those months of me crying and like fretting would have been alleviated if I had had that person to say, oh, you think that's bad? Listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to be that person for someone else. Like, oh, you're crying? Oh my God, me too. I loved crying. That was my favorite activity when I first got married. (laughs) Um, Tongue in cheek, of course. Yes, I love it. Okay. I, I think a lot of women struggle in their marriages because they think they're doing it wrong and they think they're the only ones who feel lost. Mm -hmm. But if they knew that we were all lost, we're all just trying to figure it out. No one knows what they're doing. And like the rules are constantly changing. (laughs) I think that would help. I love that. Of course, that's why you came on this podcast because we're all about letting people know they're not alone. Um, you know, that is the biggest thing about doing this podcast, not just about authenticity, but real life stories. So people know they are not alone in whatever challenge or issue that they face. So we can just live a life that's authentic in not having to hide behind this mask. So you said a couple of things and we just, just before we um, wrap up, well, you posted this on your, um, your Instagram and um, things I've learned in my marriage. I'm just going to read a couple of them off because I thought this was, um, it's easier to be happy with few expectations. <laughs> I love this one. Even a devoted feminist can get sucked into gender roles. Yeah. Um, living below our means saves us from many arguments. Um, I also like this one. Don't forget they're also your roommate. Yes. I was like, yes. Um, Express yourself. No one has to anticipate um, your needs. I like this one too. I think this is for anyone who struggles with perfectionism. (laughs) There are many ways to do the same task. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still struggling with that one. (laughs) Um, And so... Yeah. So those are, um, some of the, um, oh, I like this one, random slow dancing won't happen. You got to ask and that's okay. Um, I think sometimes women have been known to be like, well, he could just read what I want in my head. I don't want to mm-hmm. generalize, but that's what people put out there. But honestly, I just think that that's any human. We think people can read their head, read, read what's in their, um, mind. Um, um, don't take offense. I like this one where you said compromise isn't always best. Yes. Tell me a bit more about that one. 
Okay, so um, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but the idea of a compromise is you want something, I want something, and neither of us are going to get what we want. Instead, we're going to get this, which is not quite what either of us wanted, but it's to keep the peace. So compromise isn't always best because I think some people are, are trying so hard to compromise that they're doing it for things where they don't really need to. Like just let them have their way, let them have the full the fullness of what they wanted and just leave it there instead of trying to take something away from them so that you feel like you didn't have to give up anything at all. Mm. Sometimes we don't even want that thing that much. We just want to feel like we didn't lose. Yes, yes, okay. Power. (laughs) Um, And then this other one is talk about money a lot. My favorite is use a dishwasher. Um, (laughs) And um, okay, everyone's going to hear this one. This is the last one I'll share. Um, Sex drives are fluid. And I feel like that's good because some people are like, we're going to have sex all the time and swing from the chandeliers. But <laughs> exactly. Tell us a bit more about that real quick. Yeah. So um, whenever you watch movies, TV shows, like if a couple is in love, they want to have sex with each other all the time. They um, there's libido. libido. It's totally in sync. And, you know, when one person wants it, perfect timing because the other person wants it as well. And (laughs) and what I found is that, you know, it often doesn't work that way. Um, And often um, the assumption is that um, the man is going to want sex more often. And that's also not always true. So, you know, sex drives change the idea is you're going to be married for a lifetime um, what you wanted in your early 20s is not maybe what you're going to want in your 50s and you know sometimes he's going to want sex more often and then you know you may hit a period where he's not all that interested but regardless of you know what is going on like it's the reality is that it's all normal Like you are not abnormal because you think you want sex too much or you think you want it too too little. You're not abnormal for, you know, having certain fantasies or not, um, you know, wanting to engage in certain acts. Like you just have to accept that in this moment, this is what you want. This is what he wants and find a way to make that work. Mm, I love that. I love it. So final words for the listeners we make our lives really difficult sometimes by refusing to accept who we are and where we are going and who we're becoming and happiness comes from owning your journey in all of its parts I love it I love that So short and sweet, Um, where can we shower you with love? How can people connect with you? I am very active on Instagram. 
My handle is at patricia.belfort. And I also have a YouTube channel that I post videos to. Okay, cool. And we're going to put all of that stuff in the show notes. Um, I'm sure you're going to get people flooding. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Patricia. Thank you. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following the Instagram, Bianca Keisha, spelled Keisha, K-E-S-H-A, or visiting the website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.